Hello, hello, and welcome back to Retrieving Sanity with your host, Keegan, aka the Irish Guru. Anyways, today I wanted to talk about friends and family and kind of the role that they have to play in addiction. It might sound a little counterintuitive of the role they play in addiction, but hear me out. So they are a support system, right? Or they're supposed to be. If you have good friends and family, you have hopefully good support. So the thing is with the support and addiction is that there's a very, very fine, muddy line. And that line is whether you're actually supporting or if you're actually enabling. Now, enabling on, well, let's just say with enabling, it's a bitch because you want to help and you want to receive help, of course, but if you're the addict like me, certain help really just boiled down to more for me. Like, it makes it easier for me to actually get my fix, if that makes sense. So, whether it was being able to have a place to lay my head, get a little bit of money here and there, which thankfully I never had to go panhandle, but I did scrape by, and I mean scrape. Again, whenever the addiction takes over priority number one, numero uno, you'll sit there and like, in my case, I would get a nice paycheck every week and I was still living paycheck to paycheck because I was spending so much on either my addiction, trying to hide my addiction, and then just food and kind of get by. And so I would sit there and go get my fix for maybe two, maybe three days. And Next thing you know, I'm sitting there getting my fix at the liquor store and then putting like five, ten bucks in gas. And I still have like three or four days till the next paycheck. And yeah, that was, I'm telling you, I was drinking and not in a good way. So let's see. That enabling kind of came with a lot of different things and the thing is I didn't even realize that it was enabling and whenever you're helping someone you do it out of the good of your heart right but it's just one of those things that even with all the best intentions in the world, it's not going to make much of a difference. Well, if the person you're trying to help doesn't want help themselves. And that sucks, sucks, sucks to say, but 
there's a portion in the AA book which actually talks about alcohol is a great persuader. <laughs> what it's talking about is that alcohol will actually beat us into submission until we're so broke, not just with money, but mentally, physically, spiritually, that we just eventually have to go, fuck, I need help. And that's kind of what it was for me. And it literally took, uh, well, quite a bit, a lot of losing stuff, but mostly losing relationships and literally dying. Well, almost, but essentially dying and waking up to have my brain go, yeah, there's something fucking wrong. I need to do something. And yeah, the hospital saved my life, but you know what? They couldn't give me that help that I needed. And this is where the enabling got twisted around because it wasn't enabling. At this point, I wanted the help and I was ready for the change. And it took that change of mindset for me to take the help and turn it into such a good factor that I was able to do anything. Enabling is really shitty because as much as you want help and they want help, they're probably just wanting help getting more. And again, nothing wrong with helping, but there is something wrong with enabling. And again, it's a really, really fine yet muddy line. Well, let's see. Helping, <laughs> this is an odd one to kind of talk about, but if you want to do, say, an intervention with someone, for me, my family knows that if they did an intervention or something similar, oh, I was going to be so against that like I ain't about to hear any of it I would stonewall and just yep uh-huh yep yep whatever you say I don't have a fucking problem whatever I'm gonna I was going to act out more and it works for some people but here's the thing the intervention really shows the addict or the person with a problem that it's affecting more than just themselves. It's affecting those that care about them. And so that's good, but it can backfire. And there were a few people, one in particular that I can think of, that went to the Nehemiah with uh, the push from his family because he had an intervention and I told him I, 
not in a condescending way or anything. I was just like, dude, if if you're trying to do this for the wrong reasons, it isn't going to work. Like, you may get something out of it, but you're not going to get what you really need. And, well, let's just say that he, he figured out what I was talking about. But he's doing good, so I'm glad to hear it. And let's see. If you want to talk to someone about the problem, make sure y'all are both calm. And more importantly, both of you are sober. Don't, <laughs> don't get into a drunken argument because, well, obviously it's not going to work if one or both parties are drunk and people may forget what they said and that's kind of dangerous anyways let's flip the script and go from in addiction to in recovery so in a previous episode i talked about steps eight and nine a little bit about making a list of mins and then going to do those mins right well <laughs> healing for ourselves healing for the addict doesn't just come from making these amends part of the amend process is helping those that you hurt help heal too so whenever you go and try to help heal someone else it helps you heal as well so I don't care if you're an addict or not that's just a life lesson if you need help you go give help you need to heal you help others heal it's a very weird give-and-take with all this but a lot of life really is about give-and-take and balance but part of the friends and family in recovery after the amends you have to well let's put it like this you have to kind of repay that help that you either got during your well addiction and even if it was kind of enabling you got to kind of put a little little bit back into it but the thing is, say, for my instance, I'm actually about to do part of it, and that is calling my family members, because they're still up in Amarillo, I'm down here in Dallas, and I need to, for me, but more importantly, for them, to help them heal, let them know I'm doing okay, I need to stay in touch with them I need to have that connection that connection right there that you maintain that I need to maintain will help build and reinforce that foundation of a good mental health a good stable platform upon which I can go and build and do more things and that's what I really 
need to do and that's what a lot of people need to do and for some like myself I say I'm an introverted extrovert I'm very much the extrovert but I have a lot of introvert tendencies so it's all about a balance <laughs> and I'm, I'm figuring it out but whenever life hits and you got a lot going on you have to take that little bit of time out to do some of the things that you can sit there and go ah I don't need to do that I got all the time in the world well do you do they and that's kind of why I'm like I'm slipping but that's the thing is that I recognize it but the actual part about it is if I'm going to do what I know I needed to do a strong support system is crucial for mental health it's crucial for being a human we are social creatures and that's the thing is that I come from a town of less maybe about 200,000 people now and most of my family is actually in Amarillo so now I'm the lone duck out here in the Metroplex that has 7.5 million other people and first of all that blows my mind second of all I have no connection like I did back home the closest I have are the brothers and the staff at the Mennonite where I got clean so there is nothing wrong with that at all the thing that's wrong is I'm not visiting and calling my family enough to keep that mental health aspect going because those are bonds I can't really replicate I can get close to them but they'll never be what it actually was back home and that's the thing is that a lot of people burn bridges while in addiction and some people burn a lot of bridges in addiction I know I did and that's one thing in recovery you burn the bridges that need to be burnt and they're probably already ones that are decayed decrepit burnt already but for some reason you just go back like it's <laughs> stupid but that's the thing is you got to figure it out you got to figure out which relationships are good for you not just good for your pocketbook not good for your sobriety as in staying away from friends or family that use I'm talking about figuring out the relationships that build you that grow you that test you but at the same time you can't really live without you can say you can 
but remember, us humans, the addicts that are humans, we are social creatures. I went from a town way less population than I did here with 7.5 million people. Yeah, statistically, it's going to be easier to find new people. It's going to be easier to talk to new people, build bigger communities and stuff. But research has shown that the best social circle or social bubble is only about 100 people. And <laughs> I'm sorry, but there's no way I'm going to, well, remember 100 names consecutively, <laughs> um, at least easily. And then any more than that is just not happening. That's a, that's a dream that shall remain a dream. But that addiction really strains and burns a lot of relationships and that's the thing is that a lot of us haven't sat there and rebuilt them and another part of that is being willing to repair to revisit some painful things and that that is it's a scary scary part because why open a scar just to put iodine in it it's already a scar it's still there well yeah but what if that scar has like a syphilis oh god um why syphilis i meant to say staff oh um hmm yeah so like hmm Hmm, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> oh, gods. Okay. So. <laughs> so, why reopen scars that have already healed? It's a scar. It's going to be there. So, why do it? Just to pour iodine in. Again, it may have a staph infection. There we go. And this is hypothetical, metaphorical. Don't take me literally. But it's an infection, and you can't get that to go away unless you get to the source of it. You have to attack it. You have to be willing, again, to do that. And maybe it won't turn out perfect. Maybe there's still things that are in the way, like a suture or two that... It's like, oh, that's actually kind of important. Don't touch that one. And that's okay. But to revisit old things to mend that relationship, again, it's probably never going to be 100% what it used to be. But that's also part of the thing, too, about growth is that nothing, nothing is ever going to be back to 100% original. And, well, that's okay. So long as you embrace that change, you dis... <laughs> you don't want that change, you're going to stay stagnant. 
And like Bryant Morris said in his interviews that stagnant water breeds mosquitoes. And he's right. So you can't sit there and just be stagnant in relationships about growth. You have to do these things that are kind of different. And you know what? That's okay. Because without change, without growth, we wouldn't be here. That's the thing about friends and family in addiction is that nothing is going to be quite the same. But we have to remember it's okay. It's okay that everything happened the way it did. No, there's some things that are unforgivable but there are things that you can not hold against someone and by that it i mean don't hold it to them to where they want to change they want to do better don't rub their face in things that they messed up on they already know trust me or at least they should and if they're trying to get better be better them if you push that away from them try to take it away they're not going to get better if anything it's just going to do the exact opposite and I'm not saying you're going to break the camel's back but you might but at the same time it's still up to that individual to make that decision with friends and family that are there should have your back be supportive I don't think a good friend or a good family member will sit there and hold something that you did in your addiction in your past in general and hold it against you in such a way that it inhibits the growth it inhibits that relationship it just would cause a spark on a bridge that could very well burn down and we don't want that but with that being said my friends i am going to end this episode here and don't forget to leave a comment leave a like maybe share this with someone that needs to hear it and until next time Schlon.